0: Hey, hey Irish fans. Welcome to Irish on Tap, presented by On Tap Sports Net. I am Brian Mishler, one of your co-hosts here with Ethan and Brandon. So how are you guys doing after tonight's win against Louisville?
1: Uh, you know, uh wasn't the the win I expected, but I think a dub is a dub. Uh it's a you know, it's a tough week one, but um, you know, we got a, a big game against New Mexico coming up and We'll see what we can do. We got uh, some time to work out what happened tonight. How about you, Brandon? You go ahead first. And and you
2: definitely you have time to work out the kinks with a week off this coming weekend. But yeah, it was an ugly start to the season. Uh, you did see it start out slow in the first quarter. Uh, that second drive really did, you know, with the three and out, it was something that you hate to see, but they were able to get back on their feet there in the second half and the offense was able to move the ball and the defense was able to create some turnovers. So you saw some good things tonight, but overall not an ideal performance out of the Irish.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, you don't really just want to check the box score and things like that, but in the grand scheme of things, 17 points is about what I thought Notre Dame would be given up but I also thought the Irish would put around mid-40s on Louisville. I mean, it's obviously a different team from last year, but Louisville was one of the worst defensive teams in college football last last season, and obviously that could change. But I was very, very disappointed with the lack of attacking downfield in the passing game, which is just more of last year. I thought that was their biggest weakness. And I know it's just game one, but I mean— I didn't really see much of anything or any improvement out of Ian Book since last year. He looks like the same guy. And even, I mean, he he hasn't regressed as a player. I'm sure it was just week one kinks, but he didn't look as sharp, accurate throwing within 12 yards. Last year, he was deadly accurate within 12 yards. But he was making some just inexcusably inaccurate throws. And honestly, Claypool and company, the wideouts had a lot of very, very nice snags that were behind them all game. So I, I really liked what I saw about from the wideouts, which is one of the biggest question marks I had on the team. I wanted to bring up Chase Claypool. Looks like looked like an absolute beast. He's a complete tank. Hopefully he's not injured. It looked like he got a little rung up there in one of the, that long play he had. And then also I really liked Tony Jones. He looked really good out of the backfield. He looked really explosive, kind of like Dexter Williams. So I really liked what I saw Oga- with those two guys and the old line also looked very well too. But I, I just wanted to reiterate how, how disappointing it was for Ian book. He's got to be better than that. And I, I know he knows that. So, but like you're saying they do have a lot of, lot of time to move forward with this. They got a bye week and then to play New Mexico. So, I mean, they got a lot of time. And then obviously with that rubber match with Georgia on the 21st, anything else you guys want to add?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that I kind of took away and I'll agree with that Ian book wasn't as accurate as we have seen him. But I think at the same time, a lot of it goes on Brian Kelly. I mean, I think one thing I talked about on the the Louisville preview podcast was the play calling from the Clemson game was not good. And I was wondering how well that would change this year. And obviously, the run game worked well early. So stick, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But eventually, like, they keyed on the run. And there were plenty of times that Brandon and I both pointed out during the game that the middle of the field was open to pass the ball multiple times. And we finally connected on the long pass over the middle. It was kind of like, when were you going to pull that out? You know, so the one thing that kind of bothered me was just the fact that I think we ran the ball too much once we started to figure out that it started to work, it stopped working. So that was one thing that kind of bothered me. But yeah, I mean a lot of inconsistency from the past game. Um, I agree with what you said. The the receivers made plays tonight. Um, good to see Claypool back there and uh, Keys. Man, Brandon was was high on him and made some plays tonight.
2: Yeah, and I think honestly it was tough from a decision point, a uh, decision making standpoint for Ian Book. He was making some tough decisions. He definitely should have been trying to get out of bounds or get down. He was you know throwing his head in there in the mix taking some big shots from some linebackers and safeties. And in week one, you don't want to see that. It's a long season. Obviously, you know, you don't want to see someone run out of bounds, but when that's your quarterback, it's a completely different story. As far as offense goes, we were able to see success. Basically, painting the middle of the field, uh, you know, whether that was via the run or the pass. The problem is, is there was not a lot of separation created by the receiving core in the first half. So, and they were seeing a lot of man coverage too. So, you know, if you run those combo routes, if you run a couple slants or, you know, drag routes across the middle, tie up some of those D's with those linebackers, you can get a little bit of separation and get loose. Um, But. But, yeah. But. But I was going to say, though, no, as far, as far as running the football, Ian Book was able to, you know, get some extra yardage. I believe Ethan had quoted him at being at about 250 in the air. We were not aggressive from a play call standpoint. So the 23 pass attempts, 93 is about average. But I want to see more out of Ian Book. I want to see him throw the ball, like you said, Brian. You know, he that, you know, 10 to 12 yard. Area on lock last year, and we didn't see that tonight. And I really don't think right now the way the offense is, until they really open things up, we will see a lot of attacking down the field. So I think it's going to be more of a uh, a possession offense this year, ground and pound, leading into some play action, following up with hopefully a deep ball or two. But who knows?
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. And they could be having that in their playbook, but it's not surprising that they were very, very vanilla today. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's week one. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's week one. They don't want to give everything off, and Louisville is supposed to be an easy opponent. Obviously, Notre Dame got tested today, but I honestly think that's a good thing. It's better for them to be tested a little bit going into that rubber match with Georgia. But I do think they need to be able to throw it downfield if they want to run the table and get back to the college football playoff. I know there's no reason to be saying that at this point, basically. Because it's only week one, but obviously that's the goal. But I do not think they can go do another. I don't think they can be 11 and one or 12 and 0 if they keep if they if they're if Ian Book cannot test the test the secondary downfield because even Louisville was loading up the box like you were saying, Ethan. They're keying on the run, and it doesn't matter how good your O line is when six guys are trying to block eight. So. And I like what you said, Brandon, about the receivers not creating separation. That was probably the biggest problem last year against Clemson. And if they're not doing it against Louisville, that is not, that's not not—that's not good because it's only going to get harder. And like you said uh, with Book, I thought it was really weird that he looked a little timid. I mean, he wasn't stepping up into the pocket. And he honestly looked wide-eyed and kind of just like nervous, which I, I which just baffled me because, I mean, he didn't really – Notre Dame QBs in the past have had that problem where they really don't step up in the big game and win, and I, I, I just don't know what we're going to get out of book. Um, that's pretty pretty concerning, if you ask me, because it's not going to get either easier. They go to Athens pretty soon, the next two and a half weeks, so I think they have a lot of room for improvement, and they're going to get a lot better. They have a lot of practices from now until, nor- or pr- until New, New Mexico, so I do think there's a lot of improvement to be had, but like I said, they could have looked a
1: lot better today. But enough with the offense, yeah, I, I
0: would say. Or no, go ahead, I,
1: I There was two things I wanted to, to agree with you on there. Um, number one was uh, Ian Book. I I said the same thing. I feel like he just wasn't calm today. Um, you know, whether that be, you know, the environment, which was going into my second thing that I agreed with you on, was I'm glad they got tested. The one thing that I liked, to see today too and they talked about a lot during the broadcast was how many people actually turned out for that game and I mean it was it was I think it was a true road test today um and that will only help us when we go to Georgia in two weeks and um you know hopefully if it was you know first week jitters for book uh maybe you know hopefully he can get that out and today I think like you said was a good test for him hopefully it pays off because we're gonna need it in two weeks so
0: Yeah, I mean, I completely agree, but like moving forward, I did want to say something about the defense. I really like Notre Dame's pass rush and their coverage downfield with their, not necessarily their linebackers, but I thought their coverage with their secondary was phenomenal all game. You had Kyle Hamilton, a freshman safety or corner, wherever he's playing, he was all over the field. That is huge. Very encouraging moving forward. I don't think Notre Dame's had that much of a freshman talent in the, in the defensive secondary in a while. He's going to play a lot this year and they're going to need him back there. And then drew white for the linebacking core. I thought looked good. I was really disappointed with the linebacking core in general for the game Looked like they lacked sideline to sideline speed. They don't. I think that's a huge concern because it's not really something that you can game plan out. Like they obviously missed a lot of tackles, but they're probably going to get better at that as as the season progresses. And it's week one, so they couldn't game plan against Louisville's offense. So that's probably why they looked so bad at the beginning of the game, because once they started to adjust, they looked a lot better. But I, I'm, I am seeing a lack of that NFL-type guy in the interior from their linebacking core. They lost Tavon Coney and Drew Tranquil to the NFL, and I think that's going to be the... I don't want to say black hole, the defense, but it's going to be the weakness all year, and I don't think it's going to It'll improve a little bit, but I don't think it's going to – I think it's going to be a weakness all year, and I think run defense is going to be a problem all year. What do you guys think about that?
2: See, in the line, core, you brought it up, you know, the the sideline to sideline speed. That's something for the last five or six years we've been spoiled all the way back to Jalen Smith. Oh, yeah. So something, you know, I saw – from a option standpoint or from, you know, an RPO standpoint, the defensive ends were taking care of business, but the issue was is that running back was able to get loose and there was no linebacker there. Obviously, you've seen Gilman, Elliott, and Kyle Hamilton coming up and making some tackles, but they're not going to be there every time. Uh, I believe you did bring up a good point with uh, we're going to be blessed with four years of Kyle Hamilton. At 6'4", playing safety, that is unheard of. And for us to be having him as a true freshman, uh you know getting out there in the first game of the season making some big hits make some uh some PBU's out there in pass coverages situations it was good to see uh Drew White uh, aside from that I wouldn't say blown coverage but he was a uh, a dollar was late, a in, late yeah, yeah. He was a little bit a little bit late and uh you know it was still a good effort play but you know, he was he was good on the blitz today. He was good filling holes, you know, on the defensive end on, as far as, you know, run packages. But I wanted to see a little bit more out of Osmo Law. Um, I thought he was going to be, you know, the leader of that group. And I did not see, you know, the greatest game out of him. But going forward, I think the one thing that we do need to solidify, uh, at least for the point uh, with the schedule that we do have, is the run defense being able to stop teams with a, either a, a running quarterback or that run heavy RPO sets where they're either going to have the running back, you know, pulling it from his QB or the QB is talking and taking off for 30. So we, we definitely do not want to see that anymore after tonight.
0: Yeah. Ethan, before you jump in, I wanted to say something. I, I do like what you said about the RPO, Brandon, there was a lack all, all game of maybe not as much safeties, but just linebackers filling the alley with that. Moving down in like the sideline just sideline speed, which I was saying, there's a complete lack of that all game. I thought they were like a half step too slow. And that might be because of lack of in game experience. Because, like I said earlier, Tavon Coney and Drew Tranquil, they've manned down the linebacker position for a while and they were very, very good. We've been spoiled, like you said, Brandon, for many years. So, hopefully, that gets better. They won't be hesitating. But I would agree with the running, the running QB that could be an issue all season, and I just have I just have nightmares of Georgia running for 250 yards on the ground against us in two and a half weeks. But hopefully it'll get better.
1: Yeah, I think New Mexico is going to be a good opponent to kind of test a lot of that out too. Um, you obviously know New Mexico's, as far as I know, not going to come into Notre Dame and give them a test. But um, you know, I think it's a week that kind of just be a test to see how they recovered from this game and going forward and, you know, it, it kind of just prepare yourself for what's ahead. So like you said, uh, a lot needs to change. Um, I think you're doing a good job of talking me off the ledge with the defense because I was absolutely not pleased with their performance tonight. But, you know, when, when you talked about the, the lack of scouting on Louisville's offense and then the lack of uh, playing time as well, kind of made me think a little bit and, and kind of taken back the heat from what I put on their defense today so hopefully it's week, I know, it's week one it's early so a lot to we can worry about a lot right now but by week nine we may not be worrying about what we're talking about right now I agree and that all right go ahead Brandon
2: yeah one thing I did want to bring up though is I did see a lot of work tonight out of uh, Jeremiah Wozu Korama. So he was able to show me, you know, I think he had like four or five, like, you know, jump out of your seat hits. He was able to fill good in the run gaps. And I did see him running down, you know, on special teams and on kickoffs. So that's something you want to see out of a young player in your program. Just the ability to be able to be plugged in anywhere on the field, you know, whether it's defense or special teams, and go out there and make some plays. So I definitely did see some fire out of him tonight.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Like the sideline-to-sideline side comment I had that he doesn't really include him. He's about as a freak of an athlete as he gets. And the more experience he gets, the better he's going to get. So that's very encouraging, like you're saying. Him, him, um, Drew White, and Kyle Hamilton were my were my three guys who I really liked on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, with Khalid Kareem and Akwara, they're they're going to see a lot of offensive line attention. So, like, they didn't... Like you said, they on those option plays, they absolutely put in work, but it's going to be tough for them to stand out as much if it's not in the pass rushing game, just because they're going to be absolutely focused on so much. I do think, I mean, obviously I've talked about Tranquil and Coney, about the, the Irish missing them, but I, I think the bigger issue is Till- Tillery in the middle because he was just so, so massive, commanded double teams and just clogged everything up. The defensive line wasn't getting a push in interior, like the the, the nose tackle and all those guys. And I thought they're going to miss Tillery so much this year. And I just don't think they're going to be nearly as good. Their front seven will be just be like solely because of that. And obviously Trancourt and Crony. But it's just a, a weakness that, that they're going to have to mitigate as much as they can as the season progresses. But, yeah, do you guys have any thoughts on the, any more defensively or do you want to get into specific game drives?
2: So when I was going to say late in the game, Hinnish started to show a little bit more of that push. But, yeah, I mean, when you're not getting that push from your you know, your nose tackle position, it's kind of tough. did see Louisville very early in the game able to run it through, you know, those A and B gaps at will, and then there was no one home. It's just a linebacking core. You know, in the very beginning of the game, but as the game went on, the defense did tighten up. Uh, I believe after that first quarter, they only did give up that field goal late in the fourth. So I personally, I had expected somewhere around this. I believe my score prediction was 42 to 17, but I had expected a more convincing and more dominating win. Um, yeah, I don't know. We did not look good as I thought we, you know, were going to look, but on to, on to New Mexico, I guess you would say
0: yeah i agree and i wanted to ask you guys this did did you guys think book looked too run happy i thought he was locking in on his first option i mean this goes into how i said he wasn't looking very comfortable but i don't want him to do that the rest of the season like he's he's gotta be more than a one read type qb it looked like he was going off his first option he wasn't there he's talking and running and he cannot do that he's really gotta stay in the pocket more
1: yeah, I wanted to touch on that, too, because I, th- there was a specific play in the first half that he took the snap right away and looked at to, to Claypool, and we had, I don't remember who it was, running right over the middle. Could, I mean, easily it was a touchdown pass, but instead, Claypool was not open, so he took off, and I think we gained some yards on the play, but yeah, I agree. I think he just looked like he was ready to run right away, and um, whether the the pocket presence that everyone hyped him up wasn't there tonight. So, like I said, I think this is the defense that they gave him was a good test. Um, You know, maybe work on sticking in the pocket a little bit. Uh, I think he had time to throw. You know, I think the offensive line did a a decent job at giving him time in the pocket. But yeah, I don't know. Just felt like he was definitely willing to be on his feet more. And uh, I know Brandon touched on it too, but he's got to go down. You know, I, I mean, I get Phil Yurkovich, you know, has some experience. The name is out there, but. You know with The comparison from book to him is it's not even close. So we can't be losing our starting quarterback week one because we're lowering our shoulder into guys. That's what's going to bother me the most this season. Yeah, he keeps doing it.
0: That's a good point. He can't be doing that because they, along with wide receiver depth, I thought their lack of depth is really really bad at cornerback. So he he's got to be he's got to be diving and getting out of bounds. He can't be taking those hits. But also, I want to just say one more thing about the defense. I thought just – it seemed like Louisville had so many yards after contact today, and I I know it's week one, but they shouldn't be that bad just fundamentally-wise tackling and wrapping up. There were so many missed tackles, not even – even in the – after the line of scrimmage, but even missed
1: sacks. I don't know. I just thought that was pretty bad. What do you guys think – what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I mean – I've said, I said that multiple times throughout the night, that they just could not bring guys down. And if they were, there was a few of them where they got lucky, like on a shoestring tackle. But, yeah, I mean, that was, it was a brutal tackling performance tonight. It needs to get worked out fast. I yeah. feel like, that's like you're worried about the run offense, and yeah, that's the one thing that's going to drive me nuts about this defense this year if they don't fix that up.
0: And honestly, if it weren't for those those costly fumbles by Louisville, they could have scored a lot more points. So, I don't yeah. I think the defense got so lucky by only giving up 17 points. They did not play that well. Yeah, and we didn't even touch
2: on the back-to-back-to-back fumbles. That was a wild sequence of plays there in the yeah. second quarter. <laughs> but uh as far as the defense goes, I think you know. And just the whole team across the board, you know, you guys both brought it up with Ian Book. He was, you know, a little trippy back there, wanted to take off and run. And, you know, he's one of those quarterbacks where we can do that. I did, I do believe he did finish with uh, 81 yards on the ground and over six yards of carry uh, for the night. But you want to see him stay patient, get in there, and, you know, build that repertoire, that rapport with his uh, young receivers. You know, you saw Lawrence Keyes get out there. Quiet night for Fink, Claypool was all over the place, but the offense as a whole, as the season progresses, we'll see more from that. But on the defense side, fundamentally, if you can't tackle, um, you're not going to stop much of anything. So I believe, like I said, you know, in the last little segment that I was speaking, you know, the defense did tighten towards the end of the game. And, you know, a little bit of those jitters went out went out the window after the first half. So I believe as the season settles in, these fundamental errors will, you know, also go out the window. But as far as schematics and people being in the right place at the right time and hitting, you know, hitting the gaps, that's something that needs to be worked out in practice and in the film room. And it's something that we're gonna have to see improve for our next game against New Mexico.
1: There was one thing I wanted to touch too on Ian Book because we were talking about just his performance tonight. Can we talk about his accuracy with uh, Doman, that cheerleader, on the sideline? since <laughs> that, that, was, that was one of the highlights of the night for me, besides the win. That was probably his most accurate throw of the night, if you would have happened to be aiming at her. That, that was pretty funny. She got absolutely decked. And I mean, you hate to see you, it, but... I was, you know, you hate it to, I was about to say you hate to see it, but at the same time, you almost love to see it. I agree. That was one of the, the comical moments of the game, but...
2: Yeah, and I was going to say, too, she took that shit right off the chin like a champ. She did. Made no, no attempt to catch the ball. And but, she yeah.
1: stayed up. but she stayed up. That's the only thing that matters. Yeah, yeah, she, didn't, so she, didn't, she, didn't, she didn't hit the pavement, though. That's impressive.
2: Week one game from Irish on Tap goes out to her. If you listen to us, Louisville cheerleading squad, please find that girl. Have her follow us on Twitter, and we will get her a game ball for this weekend.
0: Absolutely. She took one right in the beak. She deserves it. <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, that pretty much sums up what I wanted to cover today. Uh, in, sum, in summation, their name, the final score doesn't look that bad, but I think it was a little closer than the final score, score anticipated. But they have a long time to recover and get better for the New Mexico game on 9 14, I believe that's when it is. And then after that, they got, obviously, George on the road, the 21st. It's not going to get any easier, and they got a very long way to go if they want to be competitive in that Georgia game on the 21st.
2: Yeah, and it starts out there on the practice field. They definitely, you know, with the week off, they have time to fix these things before we go into that game against New Mexico. I would expect fireworks in that game. I expect them to come out and try some things on offense, you know, that they are, you know, they're not going to tip their hat too much you know as far as the game plan for Georgia but I do think you're going to see the offense open up the playbook a little bit next week and hopefully a little bit of a better game out of the defense right out of the gate so that we're not necessarily chasing you know because we were only down for you know a brief portion of of the game tonight but as far as next week we want to leave no doubt uh, that we are the better team and we want to win by I you know I want to say more than 28 against New Mexico
1: yeah I'm going to actually disagree with Brandon on that one I think that next week should really just be an improvement on trying to keep book in the pocket. You know, I think that he should, you know, give him a chance to go through the reads, take some shots here and there. But at the same time, I, like I said, this is a tune up game. Get Ian book, right. Get the defense, right. I agree with him on that, but yeah, I think next week's game should really just be about making sure Ian book progresses from tonight, keep him in the pocket and keep that shoulder up.
0: Yeah, I mean, you guys are both kind of right, I would say, just because you want to know if if Ian Book is capable of throwing it downfield accurately in a game setting, but you also don't want to completely show your entire deck of cards to Georgia moving forward. So it's a little bit of a give and take there, but I do, Ethan, you're completely correct. Ian Book has to stay in the pocket more, and that's basically – the number one thing that they need to work on, and then tackling and not giving up so many yards after contact.
2: Yeah, and you, you just don't want to see any quarterback just looking down one receiver, no. basically, you know, showing the defense, hey, if I'm not throwing it to this guy, I'm taking it home and get me. So, and we know, you know, he put on, I believe, 25 pounds in the offseason, but at the end of the day, we don't need, you know, I've hit on, I believe, damn near every episode up to this point. We don't, you know, we don't need him to be Deshaun Watson or we don't need him to be Lamar Jackson or, you know, any of these legendary college quarterbacks. We just need him to be Ian Book. We need him to stay in the pocket. We need him to be able to hit receivers on those intermediate routes because, you know, we do have good guys with yards for the catch as far as Claypool. You saw it towards the end of the game today. Didn't get Fink as, as involved as we would have liked to see. And, you know, there was certain situations where keys, you know, had to go behind to make a catch or, you know, situations like that where we weren't able to see what these guys could do with the yards after the catch. So I think, I think that's another interesting point as far as, you know, offensive yardage and Ian Book's production tonight is his own accuracy was his own downfall for the evening because there was a lot of opportunities even in the first half with that pass to Fink where, you know, he kind of threw it into the dirt. Fink had to dive to catch it, wasn't able to get the first down. So those type of opportunities, he's got to be on the money.
0: Yeah, I agree. And like you said, it starts in practice, and they got to get a lot better. But, I mean, you got to be encouraged a little bit. That one by 18 – Tennessee lost to Georgia State, Florida State lost to Boise State. I mean, it could could have been a lot worse. So in the grand scheme of things, it's not all that bad.
2: Oh, most definitely not. Yeah, I, you, you would hate to see any of the Tennessee fans, you know, Sunday morning waking up or even, you know, I got a, I got actually two buddies that one was a Florida State fan and one's a Tennessee fan, and I did tread lightly because I knew we were playing on Monday and one of those let up games where you could possibly see what we saw in the first half as the final result so I'm glad we were able to come away victorious this evening.
1: Absolutely. So, yeah. I
0: think that's going to well, Ethan, you got one more thing?
1: No, I was just going to say yeah, I agree. Um, and there I felt like there was a little bit of hope that came out of me but um, you know, we were able to follow on those balls and um get lucky in a few turnovers there. So, good win all in all. Uh, It's a a learning game for sure. We'll see what happens in a week or so, week and a half. Yeah, week and a half they play. They got off next week.
0: But, yeah, I agree on that. I think that's going to do it for us. So, thank you for listening. And go on.